Today's episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored in part by Soulful Vibes. Are you looking to join a community that can help you manifest your dreams and learn how to evolve spiritually? Our friends at Soulful Vibes have got y'all covered. Soulful Vibes is a curated spiritual community created to educate and offer alternative methods of healing through spiritual and metaphysical products and services. You can consider them your spiritual healing marketplace here to provide you with everything you need to lead a better lifestyle. You can even shop based on what you're looking to manifest like love, money, success, health, you name it, they got it. They've provided us with an exclusive offer to share. So you can save 15% off of all of their products using the code JUJU15. That's J-U-J-U-1-5. Go ahead and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Soulful Vibes Co. That's C-O. And begin your journey of creating a life filled with soulful vibes. And all of that will be in the show notes. Now, let's get into the show. All you need is a little juju. Welcome to a little juju podcast. This is the podcast all about black ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, ourselves, and decolonizing our spiritual practices one episode at a time. Why is this important? Because I personally believe in liberation and I also believe that liberation first exists and will come about within our spirits. So that's why my name is Juju Bay. I come to the show as a healer, a medium, a psychic, a hoodoo. And Ifa, Orisha, devotee, a Reiki practitioner, the girl that talks to dead people, a singer, a songwriter. Okay, we're going to get into that. <laughs> a poet. <laughs> um, but no, all around bad bitch witch. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Let's drop the intro and get right on in it. All you need is a little juju. 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 All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. And I'll never keep it I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face to make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but I manifest a little with my bay leaves. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything, gives me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never drop, drop. I hope y'all feeling good because I'm not. (laughs) I like to come to the show being very transparent and honest. And I don't really like to record when I feel ways that I don't want to feel when I'm recording a show. And um, actually, I'm feeling better now that I've started recording. I feel less uh, anxious, but I was just having an anxiety morning and my day got thrown off. My cat had a UTI and I was like really about to give her up but then I'm like maybe she's doing this and pissing me off because she's not well okay so after I had a toxic cat mommy moment like I'm about to give your ass up then I was like wait maybe maybe sis isn't good so I called the vet took her in and it was like oh she has a UTI that's why she's acting up and whining and being sad and peeing on everything so She's good now. She is curled up next to me as I'm recording because she just had a very invasive moment at the vet. So just that and some other things that happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, my day is not what I wanted it to be. But we are here. We are doing the damn thing. We are recording. So yeah, that's that's the energy I'm coming with. Happy spring officially. It is springtime. May all your dreams and things spring. <laughs> May it come to fruition as you want to. I have not. Well, actually, I did start spring cleaning. I cleared out a lot of things in my room and clothes. Like, I'm just going to give away a lot of stuff. Like, I just need to declutter and remove and stop holding on to things. And I'm like, well, I might wear this one day. What if somebody has a party? 
about fairies. I'm going to need these wings. Like, no, girl, give the wings up. You don't need that. So um, I'm, I guess that's part of my spring cleaning is just trying to clear some things away. Um, I just been really busy, like booked and busy. And I, I say that I be booked and busy a lot, which is a blessing in a way, because it means that at least I'm able to child, take care of myself and pay my bills, but I don't want to be booked and busy. I want to be, and shout out to, um, hold on. I have to find her because I want to quote her properly um yes your spiritual mermaid posted this uh shout out to your spiritual mermaid she said i have no desire to be booked and busy my only wish is to be provided for and at peace hallelujah that's how i'm feeling i want to be <laughs> at peace i don't want to be booked and busy i want to be provided for and at peace so calling that in for this spring what else just a lot child i don't even know <laughs> let's keep it a honey right i feel like my spiritual work is not as mm, okay i feel like how i do my spiritual work is shifting from how i used to do it because i used to be hella active at my altar hella active in my spiritual work I'm doing workings all the time I'm doing this all the time I'm doing that all the time and I feel like and I don't be doing that shit I don't be doing that shit not not at all I still do you know my things the things that I have to do but not as consistent as I used to be and part of me was like okay that means I'm falling off and I'm not shit but really what it means is that my spiritual work just looks a little bit different now. I've been teaching about, about African and, you know, black spiritual traditions and religions more. I've been, you know, talking with my family members more about what I do and being honest. I've um, just been trying to take all the information that I learned from my ancestors and apply it in my actual life life that might not look like on the outside that I'm doing spiritual work, you know? And, um, so, and that still is spiritual work. So it's not always about sitting at your altar all day long. Um, of course, sit at your altar and make sure that it's clean, but it's okay if your spiritual work shifts and what you used to do, you don't do as much anymore. At one point, I was really into jars. I, I love jar work. I'm not into jars as much anymore. And I'll do one if I need to, if I feel called to, if, you know, whatever. My spirits be like, hey, baby, make a jar. Make an oil for this. But that's not my bag right now. I don't mean like my financial bag. I mean like that's not what I'm interested in. That's not my bag. Um, Right now, I'm putting into practice all of the things that, I learned and was doing when I was sitting at the altar all day, when I was getting the lessons, when I was, I mean, I'm still getting the lessons, but you know what I mean? It just looks very different. And I went through a phase of beating myself up, um, but I can't and shouldn't. My spirit was like, girl, you doing the work. It's just, you actually are in it now. Like before you could hide behind the altar. Now you're applying what you've learned. Now you're being in the real world. So... Yeah, I just want to talk about that transition a little bit. Um, I'm not even divining as much as I used to. So, yeah, just having some grace for myself in that. But, uh, yeah, we have a cute little show today. We're going to, it's just me. I know y'all be like, where's the solo episode? So, I, I'm, of course, giving y'all a solo vibe today. want to do a... Uh, a heal yourself also talk about juju for the culture and get into just some thoughts that i've been having about the state of atrs <laughs> um so yeah let's let's sit back relax let's enjoy the show right now we're going to get into um patrons and then yeah keep it moving all you need is a little juju juju podcast is written hosted and produced by me juju bay and it is a labor of love, but it is labor nonetheless. There are a lot of fees and work that comes with putting out a consistent podcast show. 
And so if you are interested in donating and showing love, if this show has moved you in any type of way, I would appreciate all kinds of donations. Um, They can happen monetarily or non-monetarily. Primary monetary ways that I receive donations is through Patreon, which is a subscription service that allows you to donate monthly. It's a more consistent way to give to the show. It happens first of the month. Take a little bit out. Boom. That's it. You give it to a little juju podcast and we appreciate it. So I would, of course, love to shout out my patrons. I appreciate you all so much. And here's a big, big shout out to my newest patrons. They are Nikki. Thank you so much for staying a patron. Shout out to Alana for upping your pledge. Shout out to Stephanie for becoming a patron. Um, Another Stephanie, Stephanie Woodbury. Thank you for upping your pledge. Shout out to Jamila Lemieux. Oh my God, Jamila! Hey, thank you for becoming a patron. Whoa, okay. Shout out to Blue. Thank you for becoming a patron. Shout out to Alan G. Uh, Caroline, hey boo, thank you so much. Shout out to Perina Everett for becoming a patron. Dedrick Mandel. Martina Robin for upping your pledge. Thank you so much. Shout out to John for becoming a patron. Oops, Sula said, thank you, John. Sula done hopped up here. That's my cat. Shout out to Tanya Hester, Tatiana Sai, Sula. Sula is excited about the patrons, y'all. Shout out to Jackie. Thank you so much for pledging for the year. Appreciate you. Shout out to Amber. Hazel Hooks for upping your pledge. Shout out to Tamari for upping your pledge. SJ for upping your pledge. Um... Rochelle Waits, thank you so much for upping your pledge. Hammy Norze, thank you, thank you so much. Shout out to Raven Terry, Quentin Sledge, and that is all of my new patrons. I love you, I appreciate you, and I'm sending the energy of abundance of resources, of wealth, of all the things that you need. I'm sending that to you tenfold as you share with me. I'm sharing with you. Um, times 10 times 100. So may you have what you need. May you have the resources to complete whatever it is that you have come to complete in this lifetime. I pray that you're able to do it with ease um, and all that you need. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Monthly is a little too committal for you, baby. First of all, I get it. So you can always hit me up on the cash app, dollar sign, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E or on Venmo, I'm it's Juju Bay, and you can hit me up through my email, juju at it's jujubay.com, or we can give via Zelle. I feel like that's what the grown people are doing now. They taking money via Zelle, child. So shout out to Zelle as well. <laughs> and of course, there's non-monetary ways to donate. That is just sharing the show, sharing it with your family, your friends, uplifting episodes that you like, tagging me on Instagram, being like, baby, this is my favorite episode. I love this. I love that. Hashtagging Juju Bay and talking about what you may have learned. Um, subscribing and writing comments on Apple Podcasts, five stars, writing comments, sharing, spreading the juju gospel. Another beautiful way to donate. I appreciate all of the ways it allows this show to keep on going, keep on pushing, keep on trekking. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All you need is a little juju. All righty, let's get into Heal Yourself. Heal Yourself is the segment of the show where we talk about juju related tips to heal now what's so funny is that I did not have a heal yourself plan for today because I was like I don't know (laughs) I don't know how to heal ourselves so I was gonna pull a card and as I was about to record um Pastor Bay LaVon called me to talk about wigs but then I was like girl what should I say for heal yourself today do you have anything on your spirit pastor what's going on and she was like well you know Ahime which we love, Ahime. Check out Ahime's interview. We have interviewed Ahime on the podcast. Um, Afrofuturism is ancestral. Don't stop me. I don't remember the name of the episode. But she was like, Ahime posted something about love and us being worthy of love, but not just worthy of love from other people, but we are worthy of love from ourselves. Like we're worthy of of grace from ourselves, um, healing from ourselves. And, um, you know, I don't know if this is what LaVon was talking about, but he may did, I see that he may did post something that says when love arrives, I pray that you're ready for it. I pray that you let it in. I pray that you let it show you things about yourself. Um, and that we are the love that we've all been looking for. And so I've been thinking a lot about Ahime's quote and I needed it. 
as I've been, you know, dating, talking to people, whatever, and, and love is, is, is a mirror. You know, it brings up things about ourselves. It makes us feel like, oh, I've asked for someone who would be so nice in this way. So how come when someone is so nice in this way, I reject it or I don't believe it or it scares me, right? That's because love is a mirror. Um, and so, you know, LaVon was just telling me that, you know, we're worthy of love from ourselves and not just other people, but like taking care of ourselves and even though we want and desire and need love from other people, that even when no one else is around you, give yourself that love too, because you deserve that love from you. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll say that on podcast. And then I was like, well, I'm, let me pull a card, right? I'll, I'll pull a card, see what spirit wants me to talk about. Cause maybe it's not love. Maybe it's something else. And you know, damn well, I used my Adinkra ancestral guidance card by Simone Brezzi and I'll put a link. And y'all won't believe, y'all will, because spirit, because <laughs> spirit is funny as hell. The card that I pulled, the one card after I done shuffled, and I said, spirit, what are we going to talk about on Heal Yourself today? The card was Akoma. That is a con for heart. <laughs> it says the heart is a universal symbol representing love in all its forms. <laughs> So very clearly, the message today for healing ourselves is happening through love. Um, and that's the message that we should hear today. So I want to read from the, the, the book that comes with the card. It says, Patience and Tolerance. Your heart is the purest compass in mapping your joy. Are you listening to what it tells you? Do you know what the voice of your heart sounds like? Take the time to understand the motivations for your desires and purify your intentions to help manifest them. Additional meanings for this card is to see the heart of the matter. Let your heart decide and value your emotions. So I think that's pretty clear. Um, love in all its forms, the symbol of the heart, that's self-love, that's communal love, that's personal love, that's spiritual love. What does that look like and how does it show up in your life? Are you open to receiving it? Have you received it and you haven't even really taken notice of it or honored the love that you have in your own life? Again, like I said before, this could also be talking about seeing the heart of the matter, getting to the core of an issue, a problem, or an experience and how it is impacting you. But Really just, are you listening to what your heart tells you? It's, it is a compass. Are you, are you reading the way that it is saying to go? You know, a lot of way, our culture definitely makes the heart seem like it's, it's frivolous and we're not supposed to listen to it. And it's not based in anything, what our heart tells us and what is your heart saying? And typically when people say, well, what does your heart say? And, you know, you can't just follow that. You have to follow your brain too. Otherwise your heart is going to steer you down a wrong path. I think we need to decolonize the heart. I think that we put a lot of negative and, and problematic ideas in our traumas and we blame our hearts. Well, my heart was, don't blame your heart. Sometimes we just be acting simple and sometimes it's our brains. <laughs> sometimes it's not our hearts. Our heart, as it says, here's the purest form of, of love and it's the purest compass. Our compass isn't going to lie. So today for Heal Yourself, what is your compass showing you? Which way is it saying to go? Are you listening to it? And do you know what it sounds like to listen to your heart? Whether literally putting your hand on your heart and hearing it or what it tells you about your choices and actions and how we're showing up in the world. So that is Heal Yourself today. Big love, big love vibes. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so y'all. No, I had to talk about, sorry, this is Juju for the culture, where we talk about <laughs> things that are going on in the culture, particularly pop culture. Um, and I put my little Juju spin, Juju lens on it. Now, we must talk about what is happening with Kirk Franklin. For those of you who don't know who Kirk Franklin is, I'm not going to make judgment because I have listeners from all over the place. Even though I do believe Kirk Franklin is international, I'm not going to assume you know. So Kirk Franklin is a very popular gospel artist. I think he's the one that makes the most money. I think I read that somewhere, but I could be talking. And um, 
recently, last week at some point, there was a clip that was leaked by his 32-year-old son named Carrion. They were having a phone conversation, a very heated, um, chitty chat, very heated, very toxic conversation. And you hear Kirk Franklin, this very popular gospel artist, man of God, cussing his son out, saying he's going to whoop his ass, beat his ass, calling him a skinny motherfucker, saying he was poor. I mean, yes, yes, his son, his grown son, Kirk Franklin was talking to his son and saying that. Um, And the internet was in a frenzy, but not uh, in a way. uh, The internet was in a frenzy, particularly black internet, black Twitter. With a lot of different commentary. The the main thing that I was seeing from black folks was like, well, we're not canceling Kirk Franklin. Um, that was the first thing I saw a lot of too was Kirk Franklin is like an icon and he just made a mistake. He's he is a man of God, but we're human beings. So of course, you you know, you tell your son he you gonna beat his ass. He was probably being disrespectful. I also heard, well, that's how my mom used to talk to me. Ain't nobody leak our phone conversations. Like that's how my daddy used to talk to me. That's how I talk to my child. That's just how black people talk to their kids because our kids be tripping. And sometimes you gotta tell them I'm gonna beat your ass. Sometimes you gotta call them a skinny motherfucker. Sometimes you gotta say that they're broke. Sometimes you gotta say that you're gonna fuck them up. And Honestly, y'all, I think that there is some truth to some of that, some of the the conversation that I was seeing. Kirk Franklin absolutely is an icon. That is true. Um, What's also true is that that is how a lot of black folk talk to their kids. That is a lot of way that we've experienced our elders and parents and our caregivers talking to us. However, just because something is common (laughs) in a community does not mean that it's okay. I was very disturbed by the normalizing that so many of us did around how Kirk was talking to his child. And hmm, it's difficult because I don't, a lot of people are like, well, we don't know what Carry On, which is Kurt Franklin's 32-year-old son. We don't know what Carry On said. We don't know what he did. He could just be like recording one little part of the conversation and he just cussed Kirk out. That's true. Ain't nobody said, that's true. That's true. And what we do know is that what Kirk Franklin said was so disrespectful. Like, and it's not disrespectful to me because he's a Christian man or because he's a gospel artist. I don't I don't think that that matters. Uh because people are human beings. Like I'm I don't think that everyone who is Christian now all of a sudden is supposed to be some type of perfect you know be Jesus. Like no, Christians cuss their kids out. <laughs> like um I'd have been cussed out probably by more Christians than anybody else. Um so I don't it's not that I'm concerned because he's a Christian artist and he was cussing out his son and saying he was going to beat his ass or kill him or whatever. I don't remember if he said kill him. Carry on said that Kirk Franklin has threatened to kill him before. I can't remember if he said kill him in the, in the clip. I definitely encourage y'all to go listen to it. If you see fit. Um, but that I'm curious about how our religious and Christian indoctrination actually supports parents talking to their children in oh, in that kind of way. We hear often, if you were born Christian, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, you know, quoting scripture around like, if you don't beat your child, if you're sparing the rod, you're spoiling, you're not teaching, you're not disciplining your child if you're not hurting them, beating them disciplining them in a way that is physically violent. So I wonder how how our religious understandings support that kind of behavior. Um or how we're supposed to like the conversations around respecting 
our elders, respecting our fathers, respecting, you know, these people, uh, reinforced often in the church, reinforced in our spiritual spaces. And thus that means that our parental figures, our fathers, whether they are pastors, whether they are babas, our actual fathers, it allows them space to do and perpetuate harm in ways that we're not actually allowed to stand up to, um, intervene in at all because of the inherent patriarchal notions in a lot of these traditions and religions. Talking about Christianity right now, more specifically, but not just It ain't just that, which we'll talk about a little later. So, yeah, I just, I was so, so disturbed by the conversation. And I'm just really wanting us to figure out how we go about healing from these kinds of things. I feel like this is some of the unlearning that we have to do, the spiritual unlearning, the spare the raw, spoil the child rhetoric. Um. Because I was watching Kirk Franklin's, I'm not going to put the clip of the the back and forth because that's, you can just Google it yourself. But I will put the clip of a, a interview that was with Kirk Franklin and his wife was sitting next to him. And something that stood out to me that Kirk Franklin said was, you know, I love carrying on, blah, 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 his son. I love my son, but I'm not carrying on to equal. I'm not carry-ons equal. And that... It was just kind of like after all of what you said about your son, your your child, whether he's a grown man or not, for you to get on this interview and say that you love him and whatever and you've done all these counseling things with him and you try to do the healing work, which honestly, I I don't deny. I'm sure there has been counseling and all of that. But I'm not carrying on equal. Like, we have to unpack that. And again, I'm not, I don't like to speak as I'm a parent because I'm not. So when it comes to parenting and children and how to be a good parent, I don't really like to get too deep into that because I ain't nobody's mama. I'm I'm a cat's mom. That's different than being a human being's mother. So I don't, I was listening to a live yesterday with uh, Pastor Bay LaVon P and Dana. Lynn Knuckles of the People's Oracle and Dana was like, yeah, parenting is just like repeated triggers over and over again. Like you're just being triggered constantly. Like you're triggered about your parents, you're triggered about something they said, you're triggered about your own childhood that you're trying not to, you know, and I've heard that from my friends who are parents. I don't have that testimony, so I don't speak on that. However, for you to say that you're not your child's equal, it's like, what, why aren't you? Who tells us that our parent we're not our parents equal? Shouldn't we be equal? And not that there's not room for respect or listening or being wrong and being um even disciplined. But the response to how you were just talking to your son, which you talking out your neck, wild, talking wild to your child and say, well, we, he not my equal. So really I can kind of say whatever I want to that nigga because he's not my equal. That feels very rooted in some type of religious shame, some type of religious doctrine that goes back to sparing the rod, that goes back to this undying respect that we're supposed to have to father figures also, you know, how we're supposed to have that to God, right? God within uh, this white American Christian context, God being uh, jealous, God being vengeful, God being maybe even abusive in a lot of ways that the Bible teaches us, or that at least how people interpret the Bible is God being a little yikes, right? And yet we still love him and yet we still respect him. And yet we still don't question God. We still don't ask God questions. So how does that not 
retranslate into our own fathers, our own parents, the figureheads who take care of us when they start to act a little, start talking out their neck. But it's like, that's what God does, right? It's, um, it's a lot. Um, and so this unlearning, this, this religious unlearning is, is constant. I was in a clubhouse room with, um, I don't remember when or what it was called. They were talking about the Kirk Franklin stuff. That's when I first learned about on clubhouse and raw was saying that. And I didn't know this about Kirk Franklin, but uh, Raw was saying that Kirk Franklin doesn't even identify with the black church anymore. I think that there was, and I kind of remember that, like there was a whole album where Kirk Franklin was like, I don't identify with that anymore. It's about, you know, his personal relationship with God. He doesn't identify with the politics of the black church and what kind of comes with that and black church in quotes, but all the things that we think about when we say black church. And I'm like, well, baby, what you're giving right now is giving black church It's giving, you know, spoiling the child sparing the rod is giving i'm not your equal is giving you need to worship and venerate me as your god as your father figure even when i don't show up how i'm supposed to show up where's the accountability with our relationships to our children and to our parents like all are our religious spaces safe for our babies because if they're not that's not a good religious space You know, I think about in what ways Christianity specifically, but also more broad and larger because it's not just Christianity. And I'm going to keep saying that. In what ways do they uphold violence and abuse against children? Because I've seen that in ATRs and ADRs. Let's be very clear. So I know that was a lot. Curious of y'all's thoughts. I'm not on Twitter right now because it's too much and it's Lent still. So we're fasting from that form of social media right now, but it's just so much to unpack that I think that we can all learn from this story with Kirk Franklin and definitely lots of prayers going to carry on and Kirk and the family. Um, I just think that we really have to reassess how we understand disciplining and teaching our kids. And again, I ain't nobody's mama. I ain't nobody's parent. So I'm treading lightly and I'm really looking to parents to answer this question. And also, I am a child. <laughs> so I can speak on this as as, as a child um, who has witnessed wild ass shit go on, you know? <sighs> Baby, it's so much. But yeah, check out the clip if you're interested. Um, yeah, I, I guess the juju aspect of it is is just being careful about what we say, what we interpret, and how we allow that to impact our relationships with our babies. Because we know that babies are like the closest thing to to the spirit realm. Um, even when they're not babies anymore, even when they're grown, and people carry trauma you know age what is age half the time I'm like what is age because a lot of adults are walking around they're just wounded babies so it's just you've been wounded even longer to me you're just a, a, a wounded baby even longer that's a lot of adults so um the whole thing about well he's 32 he needed like that don't mean nothing because we don't know what happened when he was a baby and what actually never got healed we don't know what happened with Kirk was a baby. He never got healed, but that's not an excuse for the way to me why he was talking to Carry On. So those are just my thoughts because that's kind of just what's going on in spiritual communities right now, talking about that. Um, so yeah, big, big healing and prayers to to everyone involved. And now, like, I guess this will maybe expand into the main topic today about ATRs and ADRs and and feeling and finding safety within them. All you need is a little juju. Can we talk about how I don't believe in safe spaces? I don't. I don't. I don't believe in safe spaces anywhere. 
I don't care what anyone says. I don't care who it is. I don't care who creates the space. I do not believe in safe spaces because there's always an opportunity for something to not be safe. That's what I think. Um, So hold that. So because I don't believe in safe spaces, um, that means that I don't believe in, in, uh, okay, completely safe is what I mean by saying I don't believe in safe spaces. I don't believe in completely safe spaces. And so because I do not believe in completely safe spaces, that then means that I don't believe in completely safe spiritual spaces. That can be the church, the mosque, the, 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 um, child, can't even think of what I'm trying to say. The Elay, that's not what I was trying to say though. Oh, the temple, the top of the mountain, child. I don't believe that those spaces are completely safe. And I want to have this conversation because I feel... I feel like potentially, maybe, myself and, I'll speak for myself, maybe in older episodes, I made it seem as if African traditional religion or religions of the diaspora, Black people, were just like a fairy tale land. I don't think that I did. But I could have, and I, I recognize that people could interpret it like that because I'm like, yo, this is fire. Like, this is so much better. There's, there's space to really figure out who we are um, in these ATRs and diasporic practices. There's so much more healing happening here. There's a lot of um, space for us to be free of all of the BS that we may have experienced in other religions or just out in the world, the, the patriarchy, the colonization, et cetera. And perhaps. It, it made it seem as if um, ATRs and ADRs, diasporic religions, haven't been touched by those same things that have touched every other space. The, the patriarchy, the misogyny, the colonization, the homophobia, the transphobia, the, the anti-blackness even. <laughs> yes, these black traditions have been tainted by anti-blackness. Um, and I just want to be very clear that that's not true. And... I want us to be very grounded in how we look at these religions. Because if we think that it is just fairy tales and butterflies and honeybees, that's not true. That's not true. Um, Because there are no such thing as completely safe spaces. Um. You know, colonization impacts practitioners, it impacts our elders, it impacts the youth, it impacts the people that are in spiritual space with us, it impacts us. So everything that we interpret and say, even if we're reciting something that is biblical, that is from the Odu that is from some oral tradition that has been passed down that our ancestors have been saying for a long time, they have been impacted by fuckery. Our tongues have been impacted by fuckery. So even when we share some of these stories or ideas, all you need is a little juju. When our elders share them, they have still been impacted by the same things that we're trying to get free from. So, mm, I'm feeling this heavy now because I've been having a lot of conversations with people in my community, friends, comrades, people that I know that just reach out. And I've been hearing a lot of stories that are horrible. That are horrible, y'all. Horrible about their experiences in a particular house. Horrible about a godparent who was just so disrespectful. Horrible about somebody in their house said this and that. Horrible because a reading told them to stay in an abusive relationship. I mean, the works. And it makes me feel really, 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 really bad. 
Um, and even guilty, which is not for me to hold. That's a personal thing. I don't know why I would feel guilty. <laughs> but I, I recognize that a lot of us have been through religious shame and trauma, specifically Christian religious shame and trauma, you know, white white dominated Christians, American Christianity has traumatized a lot of us. And we left that space to find some form or semblance of freedom or liberation or et cetera in these diasporic or traditional religious practices that our ancestors practiced. And I know that these people who have experienced this religious and particularly Christian shame and trauma have just found it again. They found it again. If not worse. If not worse in these traditions. And it's so important to remember that these are human beings who are taking up space. The high priest is a human. The Ea is a human. The conjurer man is a human. The root worker is a human being impacted by fuckery. And unfortunately, sometimes that fuckery then transcends into everyone else in the house and then all then on to us. And they may say things that we deeply disagree with, don't believe, things that are horrendous, things that are traumatic, things that are hurtful. And it's up to us to decide if that is going to be the space for us. But Ain't no safe, ain't no completely safe spaces. Um, humans absorb things <laughs> from oppressive culture. That's that's what happens. And so I just don't want any of us to think that just because you left a tradition and you're going to a new one, that everything is going to be rainbows and sunshine because it's not. There's going to be difficulties that come up. You're going to be confronted sometimes with the same things that you were running from. Because the the Babalao and the pastor, I mean, they both been impacted by the same things. They just chose different religions. <laughs> um, and of course, I, I I would always say that there's space more in the black traditions of our ancestors that we can find more liberatory politics and freedom within those. But that doesn't mean that the person teaching you has that same politic. Everyone in these traditions do, does not have the same politic. Everyone does not view these traditions even as liberatory. You know? So there's so many different ways that people operate within this spiritual work. Some people are in it for, people are in it for different reasons. Somewhere, somewhere in there, I think healing is one, but People do this thing, do it for different reasons. Some people do it for their own personal, you know, decisions and gains. Some people are about community. Some people are about freedom. Some people are about, I know that these traditions are good at getting money. So I'm going I'm to do this one because this one always got stuff about money. You know, there's, there's different things. So I, be mindful of when you are looking for a house, when you are looking for community, that the people there are interested in what you're trying to do. Otherwise, you're going to run into some problems. You're going to run into some 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 serious problems. Cuz whatever you're running from, you 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 might find it here. There is this uh term that I learned recently is called bright face, and it's a Buddhist term. And I learned this actually from a black woman and I wish I remembered her name. I was in a focus group with her though. And she used the term bright face and she's Buddhist and she was saying it It basically is a term of like being in awe of a faith tradition. Like you're new to a faith. You're like, oh, I'm in this. Like, wow, I'm so bright faced. This is perfect. Everyone's good. Like, I love everything. Like the spirits are great. The spirits are night. Like, I just love everything. I just got baptized, honey. The church is popping. The preacher is fine. Everything's good. And what's that bright face wears off? Then you see. Right. You see the duality of people, the duality of the tradition. You see the wonderful things that get people free and you see the things that keep us enslaved <laughs> in the religions, in the traditions. That's because these things are not perfect and we have to remove our rose colored glasses and lenses when even talking about 
these practices. Because people have been impacted by colonialism everywhere. Even if you took your behind to Nigeria or Ghana and initiated in an ATR there, the art, the motherland has been impacted by colonization. Even the priests on the continent have been impacted because they are human beings. So we can't escape it. So for me, it's about figuring out how we fit into this puzzle. And are the people that you're committed to spiritually committed to unlearning the mess? And are you individually, you, yes, yes, baby, you. Ask yourself, am I committed to unlearning the mess? Because it's not always everybody else around me is not committed or everybody else around me isn't doing what I think they should be doing or is being problematic. How how have I how am I impacting this space with my own crap, with my own past religious trauma? How am I potentially projecting onto other people and making this situation something that it may not be? Right. So we have to be conscious of how we are showing up too. Because we are also human beings <laughs> with stuff. I had a conversation with Alafia, and I believe I posted on Patreon some months ago about finding a good godparent. And I definitely, if you are a patron, recommend folks taking a listen to that Clubhouse talk because we touched on some really, really great things. Um, and and Alafia has been around in the tradition. She was born in it. So she has heard horror stories about how people have taken advantage of others here. Um, so yeah, shit gets ugly everywhere. And I don't say that to, to scare y'all. I'm saying it because it's true. And this is why a lot of people be like, and this is exactly why I do my own thing. <laughs> this is exactly why I ain't joining no house. This is exactly why I ain't, I ain't doing no kind of community. This is exactly why I be in my house with my altar and my people and my spirits. And, and if you've listened to episode, I don't even remember what it was. We even recognize that our own ancestors have been impacted by the shit because they also were human beings. So yes, the spirits that we love and adore and uplift have um, been impacted by bullshit, trauma, abuse, and can carry that into the spiritual realm. And then it impacts our decisions. So we start making decisions from a place of being small because some of our ancestors still believe that they're small, which is why it's so important to recognize who you're talking to and that you're calling on your ancestors who who got some some sense (laughs) or who are invested in healing. I hope that's making sense. (sighs) I had a friend of mine who was having some issues with um, their partner um, and eventually decided to, you know, break up with their partner who they've been with for a really, really long time. Um, And the reason that they stayed so long in the relationship was because they had a reading on it towards the beginning in the reading, beginning of their relationship, well, like maybe middle of their relationship. And the reading said, um, it was Ifa, actually. And Ifa said, well, the Babalao interpreted Ifa to say that, um, you know, eventually your partner will get it together. So just like stick it out. This is like the love of your life. You found them. Just, you know, hold it down. And so even though that didn't sit right in my friend's spirit, they stayed and and held it down, but through like shit that no one should have to deal with, like very, very, very toxic, very toxic, ex- very toxic experience. And uh, now that they finally broke up, they're like, I can't believe that I allowed that one reading to keep me in something that my own spirit and self told me was not healthy. And 
suffering through emotional abuse and all these type of abusive abuses because of a reading. And we know we talked about that and really what that means about, what did that mean about Ifa in that moment or the tradition? And we kind of got to that. It wasn't necessarily Ifa. It's who is interpreting Ifa. It is who is interpreting the the reading for you. What do they believe? If if you're going to a man who has been impacted and benefited from, you know, what men benefit from <laughs> in this world, and you're asking this person who has benefited from oppressing others, um, whether on purpose or not, just because we are human and we can't not be impacted by the crap that goes on around us. And then you ask him to interpret something that Ifa says. Why would he not interpret it in a way, unless he is committed to unlearning? Why would he not interpret it in a way to be like, well, hang in there, sweets. He'll get it together. Hang in there, babes. I see that he's a good man deep down in here somewhere. You just gotta, you just gotta hang, hang tough, hang tight. Ain't that what a lot of our elders said? Ain't that what a lot of our grandmothers did? Isn't that a lot of how we understand relationships, particularly between men and women, that women are supposed to stick it out while their man is out doing whatever they do? Cheating, lying, stealing, doing whatever, but deep down, he's a good man. Just got to stick it out. So it wasn't necessarily Ifa that said stick it out. But if a man is reading that, and that's how he is liable to interpret something that Ifa says because he's been impacted by the bullshit. And so that's also why it's it's so, it's such, a, it's just a lot because who you go to for a reading matters because what they believe outside of that spiritual framework matters. And if they're committed to being better, human beings matters. And I'm not, that's not to say that this reader, this Bible allows not a bad person or not committed to, but he was, he's impacted by the bullshit. So sometimes you can read what spirit says through your eyes of bullshit. Because that's what you know. Because that's what your mama did. And that's what your grandmama did. That's what your great-grandmama did. They stayed with your granddad who was cheating and lying and stealing and was an alcoholic. Right? We see that a lot. My point in sharing that story is that it's it's so hard to be removed from all the stuff. You know, which is why I feel like liberation, I say it at the beginning of each show, like it really exists in our spirits first. We have to figure out what our spirit says. What does your spirit say? Yes, the reading may have said, stick it out with this motherfucker. But what 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 lens could your reader have been looking through to say that to you? And how does it sit? How does it land in your body? It did not land in my friend friend's body well, but she trusts the tradition. She trusts the oracle. And my godfather says all all the time, the oracle is always right. The oracle is always right. The diviner may not be. (laughs) The diviner can interpret something all kinds of wrong, but the oracle is always right. And I think there may be something to be said about the oracle that exists in us and in our bodies. What does that say? What does your stomach say? What's your heart say? What's your intuition say? Um, Dana Lynn Knuckles, who we stand at the People's Oracle, did an episode about sidereal astrology. I'm sure you've listened to it. She says liberation starts in the body. It starts in the body. And um, I didn't even have that in my notes as I'm talking today, but it makes me think about my friend and also just all the ways that I you know, I've told a story before about how my ancestors were like, oh, yeah, stay with this guy. Same thing. It's almost about a man. Stay with this man. Do this with this man. Y'all can do all these wonderful things together. The whole time my ass was being abused. And I'm like, I'm staying mostly because my spirits told me to stay. 
But in my body, in my spirit, I know this is all. I know this isn't right. I didn't listen to my body. I didn't listen to the oracle within me. I didn't get a reading on it, but... um. Oh yeah, there was a reading on it and I did my own readings and my ancestors, but again, my ancestors have been impacted by the bullshit and I was just talking to all of them who hadn't committed to healing. I was just talking to whoever was going to listen and answer. And my ancestors, particularly ancestral women came through who have stuck around in bullshit as relationships were like, yeah, baby, that's just what you do. Yeah, you you stick around. You just hold it down. He going to come around like, no, uh, ain't no coming around. With abuse, ain't no coming around with my body feels sick. Ain't no coming around. So, this work is so complex. It is so nuanced. It is so, it's a lot to think through. And I, it's, it's so powerful. It's so, so powerful that it, which is why people be, getting so manipulated in it because it's 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 powerful shit so we have to feel good in our bodies about what we are hearing experiencing who we're listening to who's giving our readings does it resonate with you and everything's not always gonna resonate at the same time i mean they're also you know me i love a good and and nuance just you can hear something that you don't want to hear and be like i don't like that but you needed to hear it (laughs) i don't like everything i want to hear my ancestors told me, they said, girl, you need to record the podcast today. I said, I don't want you. I want to lay down. They said, baby, no, get it done today. You'll see why later. And I trusted it. Because I bet some some other shit going to come up this weekend or things I want to do and I won't have time. Then I would have been rushing. And yeah, so I figured it out today. I put my big girl pants on and, and I'm recording and I'm having a great time and I feel so much better. But um. Yeah, we have to we have to listen to ourselves and our bodies. And again, 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 I want to say, how are you reengaging or or being with these traditions? And what unlearning are you doing? How are you going to let the tradition expand you? I mean, we've been talking a lot about how the our elders and stuff have been impacted by the bullshit they have, but so have we. So what bullshit and religious trauma are we bringing into the space that maybe we need to check at the door? Might be a good journal prompt. <laughs> Just something to to think through. Um, because sometimes, hmm. Okay, so for example. Um, I am a black woman and as a black woman, I have experienced, um, massage noir, which is basically the disregarding the trauma, the disenfranchisement of black women specifically, um, from men, right? Um, you know, misogyny is the hatred of black women. And, you know, misogyny being, you know, the hatred of, and, and systemic even hatred of women. So when I first went to uh, Lukumi, I was in a Lukumi house and we were doing some ceremony and it was one thing that was going on and it was like, you know, women have to leave the room or like women had to turn their backs or something. They couldn't see what was happening. Um, something and with my own you know shit around gender and all of that I'm like why the fuck why I got to the round why do we I was like uh-uh we ain't to the round no and it was like this is this is what we we do and it wasn't really even the moment to ask questions about it because we're literally in the middle of ceremony but the fact that I couldn't participate in a thing for me made me feel like this is misogyny this is massage noir this is patriarchy that's happening because why do i have to turn my back to for y'all to do it was a very quick thing i don't know what this i can't even remember what the ceremony was um and it wasn't until later that i had to realize that that wasn't necessarily an act of misogyny that was happening this is just 
me engaging in a tradition that is thousands of year old, thousands of years old. And, uh, there, there are reasons that are not rooted in women can't view this. Women aren't enough. Women aren't powerful. Women aren't, it had nothing to do with that. It has something to do with, honestly, I don't even remember, but it wasn't what I thought it was. Right. But on the surface, it can seem as if, oh, well, even any five, I had to turn my back because, you know, women aren't allowed to. And it was actually something like the women's ashe is too strong to even witness <laughs> like what is happening or could interfere with the work. And that's just something that spirits have said. That is just something that the Orisha have stated. That is something that the Orisha have gre- agreed upon and said. So... But on, but you know, on the surface, because we've been impacted by the bullshit, sometimes we're even on guard so much that we miss actual lessons, um, that are, that are happening in front of us or that we don't, we, we forget that these traditions have existed longer than the bullshit even. Oh, maybe that's debatable. Cause I'm like, maybe. We're getting a philosophy. I mean, maybe the bullshit started at the beginning. Maybe, maybe the bullshit has always been, but you know what I'm trying to say? The, the impact, particularly of like white perversion and domination and all that crap, these traditions have existed before that colonization. Um, and so even when things happen in it, you can feel very on guard or like this is something disrespectful that's happening. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. I'm not saying it's always not because again, bullshit is everywhere, but maybe it's not. So it's it's constantly rethinking, reworking, reprocessing, re all the things. Um, and so I just wanted to offer that perspective as well because there's just so much. One thing I know is once you really get deep into this shit, your politics change, your whole mindset changes. Everything that you thought you knew, you realize that you don't. When you deepen it, you, you're like, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so my questions that I want to leave us with is, you know, we, we are engaging in practices of our ancestors that have been extremely liberatory, that have been extremely healing and are, have been and are extremely powerful, um, that, that are often creating miracles, Right. When you, you know, we know this, if you're in it, you've seen it create miracles and things can happen that you never expected to happen. So what is our role in it then? What is our role in our houses? What is our role in our spiritual communities? You know, how do we, how are we wanting to show up and engage and how do we want our spiritual community to engage with us? Listening to our elders, what do our elders say? And then what do we say? What does our spirit say? What does our body say? In this healing, liberation journey. What does it say when we are with community and with people? Trust that and listen to that. Okay. I hope y'all feel me. I pray that... If you have not found a house or a home or community that you find one that works for you. I pray that if you are in a house or home and community that is not working for you spiritually, that you find the power to leave. It's okay to leave. I have left a house or two in my day. Okay. Ain't no shaming. Ideally, you would want to stay in one house and grow, but mm, really ain't no ideal nothing. It's going to be your journey, your path. So it's okay to leave a house. It's okay if if it ain't vibing with you. Make sure that you're be you're being in good principle. And then if the people around you aren't being in good principle, then you take your behind on somewhere else. Okay, because don't let people pull you into their nigga shit. Whether it's at the church, the mosque, the temple, the house, the elay the backyard, the living room, the kitchen. Don't let people pull you in their stuff. And don't let people put their bullshit on, onto the spirits. <laughs> you have to do this because the spirit said, no, nah, hell no, nah, you said that, motherfucker. <laughs> spirit didn't say that, you said that. 
And if the spirit did say that, I don't want you talking to that spirit on my behalf. Okay? Can't nobody tell you about you if you know enough about you. Okay? Sending y'all peace and blessings and, and good community. Good spiritual community. Unlearning and healing together. And remember, ain't no safe spaces. Only brave, only brave spaces. Ash. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. If you would like to reach out to me, of course, you can hit me up on my website at itsjujubay.com. You can also find me on social media at ITSJJBAE on IG and follow the podcast page at A Little Juju Podcast to stay up to date. Hit me up on the YouTube. I've got some videos out there. Got some new things coming out. Content. Um, you know, of course, join the Patreon and get some more Juju tea where I write articles. I'm doing a whole bunch of cool stuff on the Patreon. So yeah, that's how you can reach out to me. Uh, send me an email via my website or juju at itsjujubay.com. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you. I love you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Hey, later. Have a wonderful week. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never try, try.